0: Hello, hello, hello. How are you? How do you be? (laughs) Wow, it has been wild, hasn't it? Oh my gosh, so fun and crazy and cool and amazing and also Potentially destabilizing or at least flattening from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that old deconstruction game. <laughs> so fun. Oh, my gosh. So I'm recording this on April 2nd in the morning. And uh, what I want to do is share some intel and then share some guidance that's coming through. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. April is liftoff, is what April feels like to me. Like these first three months of the sort of laying the foundation for the foundation laying, because remember that this whole year, the planetary theme is homecoming, and underneath that, it's like a foundation year. We're building the foundation for what's going ahead, right? And so it has felt like we've been in this massive, massive deconstruction phase related to the foundation building because you have to kind of clear your building site before you can build on it. And now it feels it felt yesterday with April 1st felt very much like this, like liftoff and also just like a completely new kind of sort of striation of energy and had this very kind of strong feeling of like. If you're, you know, like the baby fawn or the baby foal that is trying to get up on its legs for the first time and, like, totter around, right? (laughs) Um, So April, though, is very much this liftoff into this new spiral. And it's going to be pretty fast and furious and intense energetically at the energetic level, uh, particularly through, I feel, kind of July uh, kind of mid July, July ish, and the what what I mean by intense is that the evolutionary pressure, the pressure around this evolutionary leap, this Evo leap that we are in, ha- has intensified radically, and it's going to be sort of pushing and squeezing in on us in some ways that might feel. In- might feel intense in a bad way, but might feel intense in a really good way. In a really juicy, fun, amazing way. So hopefully you can kind of lean into it from that perspective. And this evolutionary pressure that is intensifying is within, within you, inside you, about your own evolutionary journey into this homecoming phase. In this new spiral where all of your soul, all of your cosmic self and original self gets to come into your human body biology experience and thereby shift that human biology evolutionarily from Homo sapiens into Homo lumens. Now, this is also true with all. So we often say within, as within, so without. I like to say as within, so with all. And so externally, we're also going to see all sorts of, and have been, all sorts of escalating, intensifying experiences of this, that are kind of evidence of this, uh, that only that which serves this new evolutionary spiral can go forward in the new spiral, right? So the toxic must be purged on every level, within and with all. Everything will be made more obvious and more extreme without any regard for judgment of is it good or bad. That's not relevant to that sort of Mm, magnifying effect it's totally neutral everything is just going to be more obvious and so we'll see even more sort of splitting bifurcation of experience occurring and maybe not just bifurcation because it's not just polar right but like people having very different experiences that are even more different from each other and also sort of what is toxic becoming way more obvious on every level within ourselves within our society within uh, our environments on every level what is awesome and amazing and beautiful and 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 incredible and gorgeous and life force and love and beauty and joy and bliss will also be accelerated, magnified, even more obvious. So you can see that kind of where your attention goes is going to radically influence the quality of your own individual experience. So now this kind of evolutionary pressure intensifying will tighten kind of more and more, I feel, uh, through from now through mm, like mid-July or so. And remember that we also have fun eclipse uh, adventures occurring that we're kind of moving into the phase of. So we have that solar eclipse on April 20th. We have a lunar eclipse on May 5th. And this eclipse cycle calls back over the past three years. Oh, sure. Just the past three years. Like, did anything happen in the past three years? I it was kind of a non-event period, wasn't it? There wasn't a lot happening in the last three years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what have you experienced in the past three years? What, where, What has shifted? What has changed? All right, Play with that. So. These are laying these eclipses and this phase between now and mid-July are laying new, if you will, foundational planks. Right. We're kind of laying down the floorboards a little bit here. Right. Starting to lay some of those down. Here is the most important thing that I want you to really hear and focus on. And I've talked about this kind of a thing many, many, many times, but I want to kind of crystallize it or distill it even more and just put even more of like a bunch of lines under it and highlights around it. Okay. Your stories are the seeds being planted for the future. What are your stories? This is true on your own personal level. This is true on a collective level. This is true on a planetary level. This is true on a cosmic level. What are your stories? Your stories about your body, your stories about your quality of life, your stories about your relationships, your stories about money, your stories about what's happening with the planet, your stories about what's happening with society, your stories about everything, your stories about your past, your stories about your soul, your stories about what you believe in. Your stories are the seeds being planted now for the future. Homecoming, the planetary energy theme we are in now, will occur, is occurring across several different multi-year cycles that kind of layer within each other. Now, homecoming is this, fundamentally, is this pan-dimensional experience, being able to access all of the dimensions in this particular cosmos from this three-dimensional embodied human form. That is homecoming. All of you coming in here now into your human body. As you do that, as more and more of that occurs, you're also coming more and more into earth as home, which for some of you has been a big challenge. What I want you to hear about this experience of pan-dimensional access Mm -hmm. viewpoint experience being available in the 3D human experience This has never been done before. Not by Yeshua, not by Buddha, not in Atlantis, not in Lemuria, not in any of the different mythologies or societies or civilizations that you're aware of having experienced human, the human experience on earth. It has never occurred. There have been many different Civilizations and societies on Earth that have had higher dimensional or multidimensional expression, experience, and viewpoints available from the human container, but never all of them. Pan-dimensional. It's the whole show, baby. That's what you came here for. That's what you've been waiting through the muck for. All right. Some of you had amazing time and you have no sense anymore of like, oh, it's been a slog. Some of you are still feeling a little bit of like, why did I do this? This is a slog. I don't like it. These humans are idiots. Why am I here? Blah. Who designed this? Blah. Gravity sucks. Who? I hate time. Like, That's all got to go. Sorry. (laughs) One way or another, you're going to work through that stuff one way or another, like it or not. Okay, so, you know, proceed as you see fit. Alright, so we have these multi-year cycles that are happening that all began at this, roughly the same time. We have this kind of two-year cycle that I've been talking about recently of this sort of 2023, 2024, roughly loosely, because I really feel like the 2023 kind of energies we've been speaking about really started in December, and often I don't feel like the arbitrary January 1 calendar date is the beginning of a new year. So just to hold all of it loosely. So we have kind of this two-year cycle, we have this 10-year cycle, right, which and we're in this foundation building year for that 10-year cycle. We have this sort of 20-year cycle also happening that is sort of really the true foundation for kind of everything that comes next. So we have all these different layers of foundation building I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that because it doesn't mean like you're, oh, I'm gonna be slogging away foundation building for 20 years. That's bullshit. Like I wanna get to the place where I've got like my whole cool thing, my energy structure and my kind of physical expression of that like handled this year or next year. Totally. You're an individual. Your experience doesn't have to be that it's over that whole time period, but I want you to understand the larger cycles so that you can understand what's going on with those around you. You can understand what's happening at the larger kind of collective cycles because these all matter radically. And then we also have this kind of 200-year cycle. So I want you to spend a little time now-ish thinking about the 200-year-out cycle, We've been in the beginning of this 200-year cycle for a little while now, like a year maybe, something like that. I want you to think about what would somebody say in 200 years about you, assuming they have like a full esoteric, pan-dimensional access to what your sort of soul ride here in this human life right now was like. Right. So they can kind of go see in all the records and see everything. How would they talk about you? In your kind of favorite version. What does that look like in 200 years? All right. Kind of get a few sort of little notes jotted down about this. All right. And this is a useful kind of, this can be a very guiding kind of North star piece for you potentially. Um, Not because you care, What other people think about you? I heard somebody just now, like, responding from that perspective, like, I don't care what anybody thinks. No, it's just a device. It's a mechanism. This is just a device for your brain to have a toy to play with that can help cohere, coalesce some of the inner energetics for yourself. And for you to also understand that we're talking about a big scope of time, okay? All right. Let's talk outward for a minute. Let's talk about society. Let's talk about the collective. If you are worried about what's going on out there, and as things magnify and become more and more obvious in terms of what isn't working, and also as structures fall and crumble because the energetic architecture of them was already removed, So they're going to fall fast. Right. But then also as sort of this sort of mm, magnifying glass on everything like, oh, here's the toxic, here's the good, the bad and the ugly. Right. It's going to be like really obvious what that looks like in the external will be very dramatic, increasingly dramatic in many really beautiful, amazing, glorious ways. And in some ways that could be very you know scary for a lot of people in a lot of different ways. So if you're worried about things or the other end of that spectrum, you have a desire to see your own essence, your own beingness have an external, sorry, I'm hitting my headphones. That might've made a weird noise. Desire to see your own essence have an external impact, right? Now, this desire to see your own essence, your own energy have an external impact. That can be true on a couple different levels. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but if you want, then what I want you to do, if you're kind of thinking about this, whether it's from the perspective of I'm worried that AI is going to destroy the entire world, you know, Skynet is beginning. <laughs> Right? Like, and we're, I mean, all sorts of crazy shit's going on in that, in that world. Or whatever aspect of the world that you're concerned about. You know, environmental concerns, whatever, societal concerns, political divides, or you simply are having this really growing desire to see your own essence, your own energy have an external impact. It is time to essentially feed and funnel your love, your joy, your visceral, embodied, unshakable knowing of the deep, sacred current of life force into any and all of these areas, right? And you can do that in a variety of different ways. You can do that kind of energetically as part of a kind of a daily altar spiritual practice or, you know, periodic, doesn't have to be daily, right? You can do that by what you're doing out in the world what are you putting out in the world how are you helping others how are you out there doing things you know extroverting writing creating art how is your business working what kinds of you know uh employment are you engaged in etc what are you doing in your community what are you doing locally right um where are you kind of getting involved in things that call you and how are you understanding fully why certain things are calling you because it's many things if you haven't done sort of the neurobiology nervous system sort of deprogramming work that I've talked about many times, many things that are calling you are actually just simply mirrors of the work that still needs to be done in your nervous system. So if you go spend a whole bunch of time out there in the world doing XYZ kind of sort of activism or whatever effort in some way out there, And you don't feel like things are shifting in the way that you want, either externally or internally. It's because you didn't go do the internal work first and you were sort of pushing it out there to be done out there. Right. So just that's just like a note for some of you. Now, for those of you, for example, who are concerned about AI, go feed into the AI, go do inputs into the AI. What are you putting out there for the AI to consume? Your fear and your terror of it. things to think about. The people are rising up and taking over. That is what's going on. There are a million different iterations on how that could happen and what that could look like. So just to keep it in kind of like the AI world for a minute, how can the people, as they sort of rise up and take over from these sort of uh, from these, you know, algorithms, programs, codes that have been written, how can they take that over? If that's interesting to you. All right. I don't generally spend a lot of time thinking about AI, but I know a lot of people have it in their minds and I keep getting people inboxing me about it. So I wanted to mention a little bit about it. All right. But as we go ahead, right? Like AI is kind of an interesting thing. Um, any form, like make sure that you're inputting into any of these systems that are either falling down or that need to get built up, right? We're going to see, whether it's you or others, new risings of new forms of activism. And the most important thing that I would say about activism and your engagement in activism is to not act against, do not be engaged and I'm, as I'm saying, do not be engaged. I'm realizing I'm doing exactly the thing as I say this that I'm telling you not to do. So I'm going to change those words. Engage in activism from a place of the positive. And I mean that like semantically, linguistically even. Can you state what you stand for and what you're bringing forward? What do you see coming ahead that you're helping to bring into form? Activate, be an activist, be, in, be involved in activism from that perspective, not the acting against, okay? And so because as we move into these years ahead and things are going faster, faster than ever before, faster, 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 faster. And the more things are moving faster externally out in the world, we're going to see huge leaps in science, in technology, in financial systems, in So many things beyond like you think you have a wild imagination. I think I have a wild imagination. No, it's just going to be, it's just going to be completely, you know, cuckoo banana pants and I'm here for it. So just keep on infusing your love of life force and of organic life into everything that you think about. And when you like, if you read a headline that is like, disturbing in some way instead of going oh that's disturbing one form of activism might be to just be like ha ha look at that actually it's going to be this way and you just boom, gandalf staff that just like boom i declare this i am here for love i am here for life force and it is spreading around this planet and everything is falling away that does not serve that I do encourage you to stay away from headlines and mainstream news as much as possible, because most of it is just sort of doom scrolling and it's not good for your nervous system. But I don't. For some people hiding out, if you will, like being so hiding out that you have no idea what's going on is correct for your own being for various phases. And I've had those phases and sort of having a little bit of awareness may be useful, but only if you have the capacity to titrate. And to just sort of come in from a neutral perspective and kind of get a little bit of like, oh, this is going on. Okay, cool. Interesting. You know, next. Right. Only where it's kind of useful in some way. So. With economics, I've spoken about this for years, the shift away. From extractive. Ways of being. Extractive philosophies, extractive relationships, extractive within ourselves, extractive with each other, extractive with the planet, systems that are extractive towards us as humans in the systems, right? This shift from extractive to regenerative is beginning, has begun and is going to accelerate. And in fact, the only energy architecture for economic systems that will be allowed to move forward are regenerative. I talk often in my materials about the regenerative economic Taurus model. If you know what a tourist field is, you know what I'm talking about. So essentially with this kind of economic this regenerative economic torus model there's sort of an energy architecture where it's kind of constantly creating new additional resource as it's going as opposed to extracting this by the way this fact that the that this kind of energy architecture is the only economic energy architecture that will be allowed moving forward is why I always am saying recently that integrity is the new currency. And again, we get back to what does integrity mean? So we can look at a larger systemic structural integrity, but we also understand that that begins within ourselves as well. And the systemic integrity really can only reflect the collective integrity level. And we all have to kind of the rising boats kind of thing, right? Rising tide raises all boats, but the tide has to be the integrity rising within, the removal of the toxic from within. In these next 20 years, one of the kind of interesting themes that we're going to be really seeing that kind of relates to some of this and kind of how are you implementing in it and how are you as you're, if, if anything that you do is relational with the rest of the world in some way, as opposed to being like a total recluse, um, particularly if you're interested in kind of moving the needle in any way, the next 20 years are very much sort of thematically, very kind of individually focused, but with a eye towards the whole of kind of the collective of the planet of the cosmos. So it's really like, how can I, the individual become more of what I came here to become in order to not transactionally or conditionally in order to, but like thereby, Shifting, changing what's happening for the larger picture. So there's this interesting relationship going on between the me and the we. We need, we remember that we are here. This cosmos is designed for differentiated communion. So we have to come into kind of full relationship with the me understanding and discerning what is me, what is not me, and then the we. How do we function as a we? And from the highest possible version of the me, that allows us to have the highest version possible of the we. And will come back to that in a minute. Another big thing that's going to be happening very quickly now and be a big, huge theme as part of these next 20 years, and in particularly like just and starting now, is that people are going to be rapidly developing and desiring and uh, kind of just accepting in a more matter of fact way. And you can see this already if you just look at like popular culture, just look at popular culture, which is always an interesting bellwether, and you can see How this is just infused as a kind of an almost matter of fact thing throughout all sorts of different genres and modes of expression culturally, this interest in esoteric capacities. You know, whether you want to call, you know, whether you want to talk about like being psychic or telepathic or having kind of intuitive knowingness or, you know, being able to see, smell, hear, feel, know, relate, communicate with Non-physical, non-corporeal beings and energies, being able to see energies within your body, being able to see energies in the planet, whatever, all like 10,000 more things that I can't list. Esoteric capacities. What I want you to understand about all these esoteric capacities is these are simply other dimensional viewpoints into this experience here in your human, on Earth, in this cosmos, at this time. So remember always, right, my 12 story building metaphor, right, the 12 story building looking out over the landscape. The view is the same from every floor. Every floor is a different dimension. So as you come kind of as different dimensional viewpoints come online, you can start to see from these different dimensional perspectives. And over time, where we're going into Homo Lumens is that pan-dimensional access to all of those different dimensions. Now, where we're at is that people are going to start really craving and finding that just automatically different dimensional viewpoints, different perspectives, different viewpoints from the different floors of this 12-story building are going to become available to them. Now, for your viewpoints, when you're looking out the big, giant glass wall from whatever floor of this building that you're looking out at, your experience of the world and yourself from, how clean or dirty is the glass of that window pane? This is everything. If the glass in that window pane is dirty, then what you think you're seeing will be corrupted or distorted. That's true in terms of what you're seeing and thinking about yourself as well as about others. No corruption is tolerated going forward from from here on out. And so any corruption that you have allowed will reverberate immediately back, kind of within or into you, right? Like it'll be like an immediate boomerang effect, accelerating the urgency and awareness that there is corruption, that there is mess on that glass pane available for clearing. Now, and so you can sort of look for the data, right? Like in your human experience, even if you're not kind of tuning into any of what I'm describing in your human experience, where are you in judgment of others versus being in neutrality? Where are you at effect to what's going on around you instead of being at cause? Where are you letting your power be diffused out and giving it away to others or to other experiences, to external stuff in a way that, Doesn't serve you, which also doesn't serve anybody else, because when you're not in your highest and best, then how can you be part of, you know, what seeds are you planting for the future? Right. What seeds are you planting for the earth? What seeds are you planting for the things that you care about? Because there's something you care about in your human, whether you're aware of this, you know, esoteric stuff or not, it doesn't matter. You care about something you care about the planet, maybe or the animals or your children or your grandchildren, something, your best friend, your lover, your own quality of life experience. You care about something. So I need to do some important differentiating right now about this issue of like cleaning, clearing the glass on the window of how you're seeing from these higher dimensional perspectives. This is not a version of you have to purify yourself like the old world kind of religious tropes would talk about purification. There's not like could not be further from the truth and all of those sort of old world religious or spiritual doctrines related to purification in that way that basically said everything about you is corrupt and bad and original sin and blah, 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 whatever the versions from the different language, from the different cultural perspectives, it doesn't matter. You, It's an inversion because it's not that there's something wrong with you. It's that you are fucking pure and beautiful and amazing. And there's a bunch of barnacles that have been just piled on top, making it impossible for you to access, you. So we're clearing away so that you can be reunited and reclaim you. And from that access of being fully, ever more fully you in this human container, you can then come into communion with the rest of the unique, beautiful individual expressions of life force here on this planet. In a much deeper, more powerful, more pure way. Okay, sorry, like I'm having the five way stop thing. There's several different things here. Okay, so if you're developing esoteric capacities, this is really important. The quality of what you're seeing or receiving. Or what you are experiencing as kind of, uh, oh, this is what I know. Or this is what I'm hearing about like what's going on with, you know, with person X who I'm like in communication with or person Y that I'm in some kind of new sort of service model with where like I, I'm like learning to be kind of an energy provider or I'm learning to be a psychic or I'm learning to be like whatever. It doesn't matter the quality of that. Will that capacity will be determined by how kind of clean that particular individual window pane is? And so when you, when you want to come into that kind of like, I just want to be in connection, like astral travel, telepathic kind of stuff. I just want to be in connection with so and so. And I feel like I am. But then they don't have the same experience of our connection. This is one example. Because whatever is on that window pane, you're projecting that onto them. That's you. So you're not actually seeing them, you're seeing you. Oops. So then that's where the me isn't the high level me. That's where the we doesn't actually even exist. You can't be in a we. Because you're just pushing the me all the way out all the time through not having kind of cleaned and cleared that stuff up and come into the capacity for discernment around what's mine. You don't have to be perfect. There's no such thing as perfect. You don't have to be fully done, so to speak, with all the kind of nervous system work. That may never be done for many, many, many of us because many of us created traumatic early experiences for a human in our lives and we did that on purpose there are many reasons i'm not going to go into all those here what that means is that you probably are going to need to do various degrees of kind of tending to your nervous system over time as you go and we know that the nervous system the brain and the spirit the esoteric all work together These three systems all work together and whichever is the least capacitated will kind of limit the others, and that the nervous system functions like the membrane of a balloon that as more and more of your esoteric, more and more of your multidimensional, pan-dimensional self comes into your human, it blows that balloon up more and more. And then your brain can catch up with like, oh, more awarenesses, more mental models to play with. Oh, cool. Like letting go of old mental models that no longer serve with these new things that come in. Oh, cool. That balloon's expanding, expanding. The nervous system is the membrane of that balloon. So what are you doing to help tend to that membrane to allow it to be stretchy enough to actually expand as you're expanding in these other areas? So it's a kind of a constant thing. You can build the capacity to do that. And then when you have the kind of the capacity and the skillfulness at a very advanced level, it's just kind of second nature. You're hardly even paying any attention to it at all. It's just part of how you're living, how you function in the world. Right. But. You can't get to that place without doing some very core work, which, again, doesn't have to take years and years and years and years and years. That's a whole other topic. I I have a couple of thoughts on that. But what I want you to kind of be aware of at this point is just simply understanding that just because you're starting to have new higher dimensional awarenesses, it doesn't mean that everything you think you're seeing or perceiving or, or learning is accurate. So you want to really hold it loosely, hold it with curiosity, hold it without judgment, be neutral, be like, ooh, that's really interesting. I wonder if any of that is just like my own stuff, though. How can I check in and get more sort of sensation or information about whether or not it's accurate? So if it's about other people that you're connecting with, it's easy. You just come into connection with them and you ask them. And then you believe what they tell you, or at least you accept that that's where they're at, even if your experience is different. Because what we have to do right now, I've spoken about this before, as you know, is we have to meet ourselves and others where we actually are at, not where we wish we or they would be. Integrity. No corruption is allowed, right? Keep these things in mind. Keep these things in mind. Okay. So this kind of brings us into this concept of, you know, we talk about the me and the we, this the paradox of, wait, you create your own reality. I create my own reality. Side by side with you are one of billions currently co-creating their own reality and the collective reality. So the questions come up. Am I alone? and singular, and everything I see is a hologram, created just by me, for me? Or am I one of a multitude, swimming together like a giant school of fish, from which I cannot escape? And the answer is yes. (laughs) Right? The answer is yes. Both of these things are true. Both of these things are true. Remember that what you think of as yourself, as an individual, what your body, your human, it is a massive collective. Your physical human body is not one single individual thing. It is, but it isn't. It's a massive collective. Billions, trillions of microorganisms moving and living and inhabiting this massive ecosystem that is just me, just you, that's it. Swimming around together, right? This giant school of fish swimming around together, forming this body. You as a human, as any being in this cosmos, are like a tiny little microorganism to the body and the being of earth. So you can think about like one of these tiny little microorganisms in your own body, that's like you to earth, right? And that's like, and she is like that to the universe. Everything fractalizes, everything repeats, everything has patterns. Differentiated communion is the purpose of this cosmos. So, look for the fractalization. Look for the patterns. Look for where things are the same. As above, so below. As within, so with all. Learn how to hold these paradoxes. That is the key to being able to tolerate, because initially it can be a function of tolerating. To tolerate higher dimensional perspectives different higher dimensional perspectives of what is going on can actually contradict each other so it's not just like the easy fun picnic of like oh yeah I can't wait Can I have, like, my ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th dimensional perspectives, all firing on till all cylinders. Now, it's beautiful when you get there, but it's it can be hard. It can be destabilizing. It can be, like, weird and wild and, and like, disconcerting. It can really mess up your nervous system uh, for bits and pieces as you go along as different things come online. These are not reasons to avoid doing it. They don't have to last very long. In fact, one of the things that we're also going to be seeing starting already and really growing in these next 20 years is this kind of tension that will grow between those who say that the kind of the way ahead for doing inner work, like what I am constantly describing about the need to do, requires an incredibly long, drawn out, complicated process And those who will say, just simply choose it and it's done. Let's declare it and it's over, right? Or it's handled. Both can be true and many different things in between. But it really depends solely on where you are at. So meet yourself where you are actually at, not where you wish to be, where you are at. And who you are and how you're designed. What kind of a brain do you have? What kind of brain did you give yourself? Where are you at in your process? If you're at sort of, you know, one point along the continuum of your journey and you're engaging in a process for doing your inner work that is not aligned with that, that is not matched with that, you can make it a lot harder for yourself. And sometimes what isn't matched, is a long, slow, kind of talk-based model. Sometimes what isn't matched is a purely esoteric, energetic model without any mental models. And, of course, there's just a million in between, you know. Um, you know, in my own work, I kind of bring in a little bit of everything. And, you know, uh, that I find that to be the most effective and most efficient, which is kind of a big driver for me. But that's only for specific people. I'm very specific in the process that I've created. It was a very complex thing for me to create all of that. Now it's a very simple thing as a result for people to kind of go through it because I've distilled it down so people can work with that. But it's only specifically for people with a very specific kind of brain, this highly gifted brain. It's like there, there's ways in which what I bring through in those private and small group ways that can be applicable to you know, anybody in a variety of different settings, but the whole process is very much designed specifically for this. And by the way, while we're talking about neuroatypicality, I want to talk a little bit about neuroatypicality for a minute. So we have this conversation that has been growing culturally around neuro which I love, I love, 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 love. And so these kind of different types of brains that change that don't change because it's not a change, but that just that, that define or organize how we experience the world, how we experience ourselves, how we experience each other, how we're able, in what ways we're able to kind of communicate or relate or express. right? And, you know, there's a bunch of different labels for these different kinds of brains that don't fall into kind of the middle of the circle if you will. Like we see this, we often have this idea of there's a big circle and in the middle of the circle are all the so-called normal people. And then out on the fringes of the circle are the kind of not normal people, the neuroatypical people with these different kinds of brains, whether it's a gifted brain or, you know, a brain with on the autism spectrum or a brain with ADD or ADHD or a brain with, you know, some like, et cetera, you know, bullet list, bullet list, bullet list of different iterations which kind of starts to come around to the point, actually. But so these sort of these people like myself, like many of you out on the fringes looking in going, oh, that's normal. Like we should be like that. If we're not like that, what's wrong with us? And society is sort of organized around this normal, or at least we think it is. Actually, society is not organized for the normal any better than it is organized for the atypical. It's just that folks who are in kind of the middle of the circle have less, if you will, sensitivity, less immediate reactivity to the dissonance, to the way in which society is not structured for anyone to flourish. So those that are out on the fringes, on the outer circles, they are kind of like, we're like the canaries in the coal mine, the highly sensitive people, whatever you want to call it, right? We're the ones who are like, This doesn't work for me. That hurts. I can't tolerate it. I can't function when it's like that. I can't do it the way you want me to do it. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. We're the canary in the coal mine calling attention more and more to the fact that, guess what? It doesn't work for anybody in the middle of the circle either. It's just the kind of what are the degrees to which it's the not working is causing harm. Or causing dissonance, because sometimes it's actually helpful in the long run. So, this is actually an important function that many people are having, is kind of activating around this and kind of a form of activism of saying, this is what I stand for. Right? And what does that look like? But watch out for how tied into labels You become right when you have, you know, once you get to the place where you have like five or six different labels that are on yourself. How can you relax your grip on these labels and start to just simply be you uniquely you? Without having to divide yourself away from others by labels or join with a smaller group of others by labels. So very it's a it's a it's a huge area. Uh it's a huge area. So we could go on that for ages and ages and ages. But I'm just dropping a couple of little like thoughts here, little breadcrumbs for thoughts on this. Okay. But as we kind of like back to this issue of like, oh, it's got to be a really long, drawn out process. You've got to go be in therapy for twenty five thousand years, you know, which can really turn people off and also I think can really do harm to some people. And I love mental health clinicians who know what they're doing and who are good. But there are a lot of them that are not trained in trauma. They don't understand trauma and toxic stress. They also don't understand various forms of neurotypicality, particularly giftedness. And they also are not necessarily kind of culturally competent or trained to understand the ways in which society is deeply fucking oppressive. So then you can have just all sorts of messes being perpetuated when you're in those kinds of situations. But also we do have the reality Increasingly available to people that the entire inner world can change in the blink of an eye. Your entire inner world can change in the blink of an eye. And if you look back over these three years, remember we had this kind of three year look back, or you know, we don't look back, but we kind of had this sort of accumulation or graduation around these three years again. You'll see. How many different times in the last three years did your inner world inside yourself change in the blink of an eye? And then your outer world reorganizes itself accordingly. When you spend your effort to change your outer world experience all out in the outer, it's much slower, much harder. You can do it. It's just much slower and much harder. If you come in, come more into the center of yourself and do it, then the outer will just reorganize accordingly. So I feel it's much more efficient and much more joyful. But if you're bypassing or denying or disassociating in order to, quote, go higher, that's going to backfire every time. You cannot pretend or just will away the gunkiness or the corruption that's on that glass, on that window pane through which you are seeing your experience of reality. Whether it's just a three-dimensional view or a higher dimensional view, it doesn't matter. So you need to develop the inner discernment to sense the inner landscape and the energy scape right, to kind of smell out the stinky, poo, sour, you know, yucky spots energetically and accurately discern what is fresh, what is vital, what is alive. And this capacity to, dis- to discern what is alive, what is infused with life force, And what is fresh? This is as important going forward, perhaps even more important than your ability to pull a carton of milk out from your refrigerator and smell it and know whether or not if you drink this, it's going to make you sick. Okay. So what we're doing, it's like a seesaw. Right. So we've got this sort of seesaw. And on one side of the seesaw, we're developing these multidimensional capacities and kind of – and then on the other side, so we're sort of just expanding in these multidimensional capacities and kind of discernments and whatnot. And then on the other side, we're kind of building this sort of new inner scaffolding within the human to hold the power of these new multidimensional capacities – with equanimity with joy with ease now you may be kind of fully bogged down on one side or the other right or be more in the middle but this is really the work is this kind of both end of these that inner scaffolding which is very reliant on what's going on with the neurobiology it starts there that's the foundation it's the necessary but not sufficient condition for being able to build and under, and support that new inner scaffolding within the human to hold the power of the new multidimensional capacities that are coming online. So you may be more focused on like, Ooh, I want more of that multidimensional access. Okay, cool. That's one side of the seesaw. But as you go higher and higher on that side, your inner capacity, you want to be able to bring up the other side too, right? So you need to, To have the experience that's super joyful, super fun, super free, it's a both-and. It's a both-and. Yeah. So I received today, while I was in the back feeling this transmission coalesce and cohere internally, I was in I, was, I don't do morning baths very often, but this morning it was like, bloop, plop your little butt down in that morning bath. And so I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and this was all just kind of coming in. And I was like, oh, okay, and then we're going to go record transmission. Okay, fine. That'll be fun. I also heard that I may do a live pop-up event, you know, I do these sometimes, on May 5th that addresses this sort of seesaw issue. I haven't fully decided if I'm committed to that or not, but it kind of came in like, Oh, you're going to do this. And I was like, Oh, hmm, am I like, we'll see about that. But <laughs> so the offer here is if you are interested in that and you feel like you would want to come to that, it would not be free. I don't feel, uh, because it, that just doesn't feel correct energetically. Um, but I don't think it would be a lot of money. I think it would be fairly affordable. Um, like maybe a low three figures, maybe. Um, Maybe less. I don't know. Um, I have to kind of commit to it first before I can be clear about that. If you're interested in kind of coming and doing some sort of maybe two ish hour kind of sort of seminar discussion on this sort of seesaw piece, then send me a note. Either send it to me in, if you're, you know, on social media, if you're connected to me on social media in a message, or even better, send it to my support team, support at melaniegillespie.com, and in the subject line say, <laughs> May play. All right, it's not May day, we're not in an emergency, May play. Cause it would be May 5th. and So we'd have like a play day on May 5th. And let me know if you're interested. And we'll see. If energy gathers around that or not. Um, which actually speaks to an important thing that I didn't address yet. So it's kind of a final thing is that timelines are flickering in and out so quickly now, like new timelines are like, oh, here's this new thing, oh, here's this new thing, oh, here's this new thing, that you may find it very challenging to commit to very much of anything. And that's okay. And Don't let yourself be so noncommittal that you miss the, the most central core thing for your own inner journey, whatever that might be, all right? And remember, as always, that your devotion is whatever you're paying attention to. So if you would like to be in charge of and define your own devotion, your area of devotion, what are you devoted to in your life, then pay attention to what you're paying attention to (laughs) right (laughs) yeah all right. And then just kind of I haven't really talked about this much, but in the last transmission, hopefully I covered a lot of this and all of that still holds very true as kind of valid tactical guidance. And so if you didn't listen to that or if you kind of forgot about it because a month is like, you know, twenty-five thousand years right now, twenty-five million years maybe. I mean time is so weird and it's gonna get weirder. So just that's part of multidimensional experience. Um, that time gets super slippery. And super fluid. And so just learn to roll with that. Teach yourself how to roll with that. And, you know, kind of laugh about it instead of being like, you know, Um, and build your life design more and more to have fluidity in your day to day activity flow that allows you to kind of go with the flow. If you have a very rigid schedule, you may be finding these times extremely challenging. Or maybe you love them. It really just depends on individually where you're at, because it's always true that the right amount of structure sets you free. Now, the right amount of structure is uniquely individual to the person and and the situation and also, you know, kind of cross-referenced with the time, because the right amount of structure right now might be very different than what the right amount of structure was six months ago or a year ago or 15 years ago. All right. Keep having fun. Make sure you're playing every day. Try to bring a play approach to everything that you do. And it just makes everything so much easier. <laughs> get into your slipstream. If you fall out of the slipstream, it's okay. Just Get yourself back in. Tend to your radiance. Tend to your radiance. I love you and I thank you for your light and your presence on the planet at this time. Mwah.